This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He's Sam Franco and Payson Schwinn. Also joining the trio. Gentlemen, uh, where do we begin? U.S. men's national team, uh, Atlanta United. Uh, good things happening in the world of soccer, at least for us. Where do we yeah, begin I mean, with, with this conversation? Plenty to talk about. You know, I say we start with uh, Ecuador making the world. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, Uruguay's uh, in it, baby. Yes. Big shout out to La Uruguay. Uh, big shout out to Uruguay. Uh, big shout out to the U.S. men's national team who are on the brink. I won't say uh, not mathematically and not that's right. quite yet. That's right. Like my dad was mad at me because, you know, Ecuador clinched before the United States did, uh, but they had to, they had to clinch, you know, they, they lost their last game, but they still clinched because somebody else lost. So um, it was funny because like the week before or whatever, uh, there was a bunch of like Ecuadorian media reporting that they had clinched. And it's like, no, they're not quite there yet. You know, things are possible. But, you know, they, th- my dad was, like, getting really mad. He was like, the Ecuadorian media is saying they clinched. Why aren't, aren't the, you know, other media, like the other international <laughs> media saying they clinched? And it's like, dad, calm down. They would have to have an epic collapse here. And, uh, yeah, they're in. And it's funny because as we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, Ecuador play Argentina in uh, Guayaquil. Uh, in a in a qualifier, even though you know Ecuador's already in, and, and uh, you know my brother's down there in med school right now, and my dad uh, went down there today, and they're both going to the game, so they're going to nice. see Ecuador oh, Argentina down incredible. there. I'm so jealous for multiple multiple reasons, but um, the fact that they've already qualified means that it's just going to be a gigantic party. I mean, you know, it's yeah, like just, just a party time, party just time, a massive party. I'm so jealous. I'm not going to be there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, too, because, you know, you, you look at just these, these, these qualifiers that go down in South America and how absolutely insane uh, everything is down there. Um, the fact that they get the host like Argentina and Messi in a game that doesn't really matter is, is pretty cool. I, they can I just kind of like play and, and not worry about the, the, yeah. the consequences. They can enjoy going up against them and stuff like that. Exactly. Or, uh, sorry, Messi, I should say. Specifically. Oh, right. Exactly. So, so they're in. So I should probably clarify really cool. who him is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, look, the World Cup qualifying cycle right now has been insane. I mean, you look at what's happened like all around the world. Like, obviously, North Macedonia is going to go through uh, for sure. That is what I was getting to. That is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, you know, they still have to play Portugal today. Actually, that that match will probably uh, be over by the time uh, you, most of you are listening to this podcast, but. It's, it's just been crazy watching all the stuff. I mean, Italy to not make the World Cup, the, the reigning European champions, by the way, to not make the World Cup for the second straight cycle is just unfathomable. I mean, this is a team that has, what, four World Cup uh, titles, I think. Um, yeah. Just insane, like that they're not in and that you don't get to see this, you know, Portugal versus Italy match that everybody was salivating over. 
And, and if you're Portuguese, you got to love the fact that you're not facing Italy. But at the same time, do you really love that? Because they just beat Italy and they've got a lot of momentum on their side. So uh, certainly just all around the world right now, getting ready for the World Cup, uh, the, the Christmas Cup, as uh, we're going to call it around here. Uh, <laughs> I just made that up, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> Well, look, pro- props to the U.S. Men's National Team for getting there after you know the debacle that was, what, is that four years ago now, technically? They're not there yet, Eric. Come on. <laughs> I, look, I mean, they're there. They're there. I think they have to lose what six, like seven, nothing or something. Oh, and even then, they still get. The, I think they have to. Uh, they still they, get the Oceania, uh, you know, playoff game. Yeah, they can't. Uh, they can't uh, lose by more than five. I think. I think. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's well, a ten goal differential, so they would have to lose by more than five. And even then, Matt, I think Matt Doyle, I think, said that it would, like the that it would be beneficial for the United States to just forfeit the match because it's a three nothing loss, and so that wouldn't actually. <laughs> yeah, that bus. Yeah, I think we lost pace. Did he freeze? It looks like it. But that's okay. You know, we we can continue. We I mean, can roll I, with the punches here. Like we'll just put in some uh, a good half and see, you know, see that it's not three, four, nothing at half. And I think we'll be all set at that point. I mean, look, it's it's we're definitely in a better position than we were last year at this point. So props to the props to the boys for hopefully making it. I mean, I I look, I'm just going to call it. I'm 99% sure that they're going to make it no. to the World Cup. Oh, you can't use 99%. <laughs> I'm oh, 99% that's the, sure. That's the bit. Uh, that's the bit. Don't do every it. Other, every other U.S. fan outside the city of Atlanta is like, yeah, we're qualified, 100%. But we know. We know there is still you know, a weird chance. things happen in sports. For those of you that are new here, um, Eric once boasted with 99% certainty that Tata Martino would return to Atlanta United. And that didn't happen. Oh no! So uh, it should have. Uh, yeah, it the ninety-nine percent thing is a bit. <laughs> it should have happened. It should have happened. Look at look at his time in Mexico. His Mexico time yeah, he's, has been he is not disaster. like down in Mexico. I I, I text he, a lot he, with my two friends from Mexico, and the Tata hate is strong within very the strong base. It <laughs> is crazy like to hear because we worship the guy, but yeah. they just do not like him. They haven't liked him for a long time, and they're you know I'm not sure what they're gonna do. I assume they stick with him uh, when they qualify. But I mean, he, so uh, I'm sure they would have loved to have won the group, which I don't really know what that means outside of like rankings. I don't quite know what that actually gives you in terms of like I no mucho. Yeah, yeah it's not like you win a trophy for winning the group. I don't think. Do you? If you did, I didn't know that. But um, no. uh, so I, I, you, you did your job. You qualified for the World Cup, um, but you didn't do it in the most spectacular fashion. You didn't. Uh, you know, you didn't inspire a lot of confidence going into the World Cup, especially with the group that you have now and the group that you've essentially showcased for the last, what, few months. Um, so I, I, I stay true that Tata should have stayed in Atlanta. I mean, we would have not had the Frank DeBoer debacle. Um, we would have not had the Heinze thing. Uh, we would not have Watergate. We would not have had, you know, so many things. <laughs> well, that, see, you're uh, thinking about it happening. from an Atlanta perspective, though. You're not thinking about it from, like, the perspective of, oh, I get a chance to go manage in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, there's so many managers have that, you know, desire. I'm surprised I, like, I, that, I, like, I, a, like, a Jose Mourinho hasn't gone that route yet. I figure he'll be, like, the manager of Portugal. He will after Roma, day. probably, yeah. Right, but, like uh, – you just have that, like, as a manager of, of world football. You my have thing that is, my thing is, get to a world cup. my thing is, is when you're a guy like Tata Martino and you have kind of like the, the pedigree that you have coaching wise, um, you know, you've coached the Barcelona, you've, you've coached Argentina, you, you, you could have won stuff with Argentina. The next logical step would have take over a team that has is on like the, the precipice of 
winning some winning the World Cup, not Mexico, who's not going to win the World Cup. I'm sorry, like even before Tata went, they weren't going to win that World Cup. Mexico's even, golden age already passed. I feel. Well, like. that's what I, I'm I, saying. Like yeah. Mexico's not not nearly, and this is not like a they weren't strong enough two years ago. No. Uh, they even with the introduction of Tata Martino, they were never going to be strong enough to go into the into the World Cup and 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 you know they might make a run, but to win the thing like that's not happening. I'd and say so between it, like oh six and fourteen, like that was their kind yeah, of window of really good players, and like that has passed, and the new guys that have come in just aren't as good. Like you can see it with this team. This team is not at the same level as the Mexican national team has been. And yeah, I can see why Tata Martino would just, you know, not be the biggest, uh, you know, celebrity if you say down I, next. I think it's a combination of, uh, because the players aren't bad, I th- but I think it's just a combination of, of this overconfidence that the Mexican national team has when they play everyone yeah. in CONCACAF. Yeah. Their and fan so, base Right. Yeah. So there's this, there's this over, overconfidence in, in, in who they are and how bad, you know, how much success they've had over the last, I don't know, five, six years. Um, and then here come the United States and Canada kind of rejuvenated and, and revitalized and young blood and, and, you know, star players and, you know, the, the, you know, the, the golden age of, of, I want to say both countries because Canada really hasn't had an age to begin with, but for the U S it's definitely the best crop of players we've seen in a long time. Same with Canada. Um, and so you put that up against Mexico, all of a sudden Mexico's like, oh shit, we got, you know, we've got our work cut out for us. It's not going to just be handed to you. Um, and Mexico just not has not looked good over the course of the qualifiers because, or in facing even the, the, you know, the bottom of the table type teams. Um, I can't specifically remember which teams they struck. I think Jamaica, they struggled, they struggled mightily with, I, I, I forget what they're either. They scored real late and it was basically Jamaica holding on or, or they actually tied that game zero zero. I think they might've, uh, anyways, yeah, the point their is, last match they got on a, you know, they only won one, nothing on a corner kick. So they're not the same team. And uh, Tata knows that. Um, it's a little disheartening to see that U.S. couldn't really go into Azteca and, and find a way to win that game. Yeah, um, Jordan P. Mexico. fucked it. Given, yeah, given, <laughs> I saw that joke. Someone else said it, but yeah, he, he, popped, he fucked it big time. I mean, uh, that that was – I think I said this on Twitter at the time. That was Wando-esque, like in the World Cup. The belt it was not match. good. That was. I think it was worse. Uh, it was worse than Wando. Oh well, it well, can't no, be worse sta- than Wando because that was okay, in the, the World stage. Cup. Yeah, yeah stage, and that was after getting barraged by Belgium and still having a chance to win. I mean, yeah. Tim Howard is still probably having like flashbacks and nightmares. Like the greatest sleep. goalkeeping performance of all time. I'd agree. I and mean, I've heard that so many times. I'm still refuting that hardcore. Oh no. What? When most of the shots are literally hit right to you, it dude, it, go back and watch the game, dude. He was on his head. I have to see the I'm, I'm Look, he did the job that that he did his job. I'm not saying that, but there are better goalkeeping performances. It's the best U.S. goalkeeping performance. Well, I'm not a that. goalkeeper connoisseur, but it was pretty good for me. <laughs> it went like it wasn't. Like it's not. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just like to elevate it to the level of like the most legendary goalkeeping performances. I'm like, come on. I mean, well, it's, 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 it's no, my American bias for sure. It's too, no but. Jersey Dudek doing the spaghetti legs in goal for Liverpool <laughs> against AC Milan. All right. It's, it doesn't reach that level. I, I'm just, whatever. I'm not, I'm not hating on, <laughs> I'm not hating on, 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 a on our buddy Howard there, but no, yeah, but this is a good transition point into like, you know, we were talking about Mexico there, but like talking about the U S and like what they've done in this cycle. I mean, obviously they're going to make it. Uh, I just hope 
Christian Pulisic doesn't bust out any more dance moves. I know the worm was like for a kid that like it, <laughs> it, it had to do something with like a charity and like a kid that was like Hold recovering on. from cancer, had cancer. So okay. Well, yeah. now like, I Christian feel bad Pulisic, for making fun of him. Well, I was gonna no, say no, Christian no, Pulisic might be the worst dancer ever. Like, but when we did the gritty, I was like, oh god, it can't get any worse. Than so this. when I saw the and worm, his I, worm was very bad, but for I, a good cause. When I saw the worm, I'm thinking like, is is he? Because it was like back to back bad dance moves, and I'm thinking, is this like a thing now? Just like just, <laughs> he's just gonna you're celebrating with bad dance moves on purpose like is that like the new thing the funny thing is if you watch the video the kid is like can you do the worm and christian's like yeah yeah, yeah. and i'll and i'll be sure to practice before the match <laughs> he, did he not clearly practice. did not practice no. he's never done the worm in his life uh <laughs> the guy needs some work on his dance moves get him out to the clubs in london or something yeah i have begged white people in general to stop doing the gritty it might just need to be like any sort of like celebratory dance we gotta stop man uh, you know, I've, uh, Eric and I have a little bit of the Hispanic flair in us, so you know we might. No, have that's a okay. Blood. Yeah, break out some salsa. Yeah, or some rhythm. You got it. I might have it in my blood, but it is not in my moves. <laughs> <laughs> that is for damn but, sure. But no, I mean, regardless of, of Pulisic, no, obviously he played uh, great. He's he's been playing great. Uh, not so much against Mexico, but definitely against Panama. Looked looked phenomenal in that match. That's the Christian Pulisic we've been waiting to see the the captain america you know persona that that's what you need from him you need someone that's gonna you know have those performances get to that level of play and going back to the azteca really quick it, it was just unfortunate because you you did sort of dominate and boss that game for for large portions of it and to not get that gold and not be able to finish is unfortunate because look you're going to the world cup though you're not going to have any home matches at the world cup you'll have fans there there's no question about it but you know it's just an entirely different environment you have to be able to finish in pretty much any environment it can't just be like it was in orlando against panama where everything is rah rah feel good and all that you know you're going to be in a hostile environment at the world cup and, and you really need to be able to finish no matter the circumstance so not being able to get the win down at the azteca which would have been the first ever for the u.s in world cup qualifying that's no small feat. I mean, to get that kind of monkey off your back would have been huge going forward and, and setting up narratives and things like that down the line when you're playing Mexico. But um, I did, I did appreciate the, not, not the, a great performance in the Azteca. I did appreciate the booze from the Mexican fans after the match. I oh, also yeah. appreciated, uh, well, I mean, I got a good laugh out of the uh, Tata Afuera uh, chants that I heard. Um, those <laughs> yeah, were just dislike Tata. Yeah, and there was one like really him. bad chant, by the way. Like, yeah, the, Look, the game. The, that the, one, it was funny because that one needs the, that one needs some sanctions, I think. Well, the, of course, because look, the PA, <laughs> the PA, the PA, so PA guys trying to the, save their ass too. The yeah. entire <laughs> game, the entire game, the PA guys like Mexico, and like, but that yeah, when you hear one, Mexico, that last Mexico, Mexico, he forgot to do it. Like he forgot to do it or something. No, no, no he did it. He did it. He oh, he did it. Just the crowd drowned him out. It drowned him out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they busted out the, the homophobic chant. And you, yeah, because I think both of us, I think I either said something in the Slack channel we have or like tweeted or whatever, but both of us made the same like yeah. note. We were like, dude, well, what the hell? That <laughs> you was, could hear that very clearly on the broadcast. That was not a Mexico chant that I just heard. That was, no, not, it was not a Mexico chant. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I have a sort of about right. the, the Mexican team, but going back to the U.S. team, yeah, I mean, I, I'm feeling better than I have in a long time. Everywhere on the field, uh, you know, I love once we get McKinney back, the midfield is going to be uh, MMA, like like our back line. The one worry I have 
this is, has come up for the last couple of years is finding that striker because we're not going with Zardes. We're not Pepe is, is barely playing in the Bundesliga. Jordan what P. happened Fox to it. him, man? It's, it's, by the way, you, you mentioned Pepe. What happened? Is it just because he left Dallas? He's not getting minutes? Like, he was on such a finishing tear. Maybe right now, just, he's, you know, bar- he's not getting minutes uh, over in Bundesliga because they're in, yeah. a, in a relegation battle. And the coach is like, you know what? Let's not risk it. So he's not getting chances. Um, Jordan Peefock, do you bring Josie Altidore back? I don't know. Like, who do we have to put at striker? I don't. I, I, I like that. I think you got to bring Josie back just to have on the bench, even. Like, obviously, he's not going to be a starter. But I've also heard. I've also heard the, the Michael, guy that can finish in the World Cup. I've also heard the Michael Bradley thing, and I'm like, no, please. Like, no. I, look, Josie, no. I, I don't want either of them. I don't want either of them. Give me. You don't me. think the okay? This is the Landon Donovan thing, though, because the U.S. didn't bring Landon Donovan, and what happened? They needed someone like that. They needed someone, especially like against Belgium. You yeah, could have thrown see, him they, in there, and it would have been. Or no, wait, that was uh, Josie. Okay, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but no, Josie, but Josie and Michael Bradley don't have the same impact as a as a Landon Donovan do. But a striker, though, especially when you I, look, don't if, have if, a proven finisher on this roster that plays as a number nine, you don't if, have. If, that. if you don't have anyone else that you can take that that offers you that. At what Josie could potentially offer you in like the you know 80th minute or so, then fine by that's all means. Saying, yeah. Yeah. But that's the last of resorts because that's the last thing you need to but do. But we're is, at the last resort right now. Who has shown that, you, that they can finish as a number nine for this? Give team? it. I give have it, a feeling fine. we're going to be at last resorting this World Cup. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, so here's the thing. I, I I'm I'm excited about where this uh how this team has progressed over the qualifiers, but I'm still very much in the mindset of like, I mean, this is going to be right on par with the way I think, but uh, it's just such a young team to go up against uh, some of these other teams that are going to be the world cup. I like it's my hope is that they just make it out of the, the group stage. And then you're ha- playing with house money at that point. Um, even if you lose the next match after the group stage, fine. You, yeah. You made a good run for this first go at it yep. with the golden age. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Just this team is just so young that it, uh, it so young and, and it's I just, I just want to see more of this specific team together as a group going up against the likes of some of the powerhouses in Europe, you know, some of these, some of these bigger teams in South America and see what that looks like and see to make sure they don't just get absolutely walked over. And I don't think that would be the case, but that's the concern. We haven't seen, this team play the only team we've the best team we've seen them play is Canada and Mexico and, a, and a, on the on the world stage right now those two teams are not powerhouses and so we don't know what this team looks like against you know teams that can, that can really bring it and so that's that's the one area of concern that I'd have I think you know for most teams that's going to be their area of concern so it's not like United States is in a, in a particularly unique uh, boat if you will uh, but th- this is also a team that I think I, I have I have a lot of confidence that they can, if they go into this with the mindset that, that they're going to be the underdogs in every match, even if they're not, I think they can, they can go out and try to prove it to themselves, prove it to the world, whatever. Um, But they got to have that kind of underdog mentality where, you know, it's all kind of a, it's all kind of house money after the group stage. And if you can make a run after that, I'm, you know, great. But um it's going to be depending on who they end up getting in the group stage. It could be, it could be even, even a lighter group stage. It could be, it could be tough for the the U S look U S men's national team has never been comfortable playing with expectation, like high amounts of expectation. Yeah. I totally agree with you. They need that underdog kind of nobody believes in us kind of thing, because 
on the world stage. On the world stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Outside of when they do play with that, when they do play with that expectation, it's it's really tough. And for some reason, they just don't live up to it. And and we've seen that over the years. But I I I think that it hurts so bad. Or not hurt, but like you look at the way the pots are setting up, and you know the U.S. was really close. It feels like to getting in pot one. That would have been a huge boost. The only thing you can really hope for now is like in that regard is like the luck of the draw. It's like, man, because Qatar is a pot one team. So, or Qatar. Oh, I'd love to get Qatar. They're a pot one team. So if you get, if you're the number two in that one, then you're feeling real good about stuff. Uh, no matter yeah, how centralized uh, Brazilian players they have. Okay. The, well, yeah, I, the draw is on Friday, April 1st. So that's one draw I'll be watching live because I think it all really comes down to who we get. Yep. If we got a group of death, I, I think we're screwed. But if oh, we the got last World group, Cup we were in, we got a group of death and got out of it. That's that's true. And with Gio, Gio Reyna and Kirsten Pulisic, I mean, we can do anything. I'm just saying I would love to get not the group of death, not with Argentina or, uh, you know, the – powerhouses of the world um that would be fantastic for the u.s you you could match up with italy oh wait no you can't (laughs) oh i really hope we don't have any italian listeners sorry guys i'm 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 excited look i'm excited to uh to see this 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 group go up against you know go, go into the world cup um and see what they can do um it's the most excited i've been for the u.s men's national team in a long time especially these last few games where you saw you know a little bit more creativity come out um, and it seems like they're, they're really forming together as a unit, as a, as a, whatever, 11 on the field, I'm not gonna say specifically starting 11, but as 11 on the field that kind of can predict their movements that can pre- predict their, their almost thoughts on the field there. It's very, it, it looks very instinctual at this point. Um, and so if you can, if you can, I'm trying to think, I don't want to see Yedlin. In the games no, anymore. he was garbage. I, I, I use garbage. garbage. Uh, um, hopefully Des, Des is healthy. Yeah. I mean, if we have, Des I don't want to see, yeah, I don't want to see Yedlin in there anymore. Um, I, I just, yeah, I want, I want to see how this team does well. I, I want to see how this team does, um, you know, against some of the bigger teams in Europe. I, my hope is that the, the, whatever, whatever matches they get leading into the world cup, that they're against teams that they can really test themselves with. Even if, you know, even if the results are terrible, at least you go into it knowing, uh, you know, what you've got. This has got. I if, if I'm finding the two hardest teams I can possibly face um, before these before the before the World Cup, and that's that's what I'm like that. That's my gauge. My hope is that that's what happens. I, do I think it's going to happen? No. I think what we'll end up doing is finding teams that we can kind of the you know nice little send off matches and you know feel good moments for the U.S. men's national team, and then um, you know we'll see what happens. But if, if, if I'm serious about this world cup with this crop of, of, of players, I'm looking at trying to find the hardest teams I can possibly face and, and, and put them to the test before you actually get to the world cup. That way, if you need a dose of humility, you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need to figure out exactly w- where your weaknesses are against these, these, these powerhouse teams, these top tier teams, uh, you'd know what, you know, where those weaknesses are. And you know how to counter those weaknesses if you're, you know, if the opponent tries to exploit them. Uh, but against against you know teams that you should walk over, you're not going to learn much. Um, so I mean, you learned you learned. I think one of the few times you learn in this in this qualifier uh, in this last round is is against Mexico. Um, that's yeah, when you learned, I think, the most. You look at Argentina, for example. They already have a friendly scheduled with Italy, like right before the World Cup. So 
you know, those are the types of teams I think that you want to go get teams that aren't going to be in the World Cup, but that are still really skilled and can be comparable teams to teams that are in the World Cup. Because if you play a team that's already going to the World Cup in one of those friendlies, they're probably going to be like holding back. You know, they're not going to give you full tilt. You want a team like in Italy who doesn't have any reason to not go full tilt uh, against you in that scenario, I feel like. So teams like that, that might've been like right on the cusp. So like maybe if you could schedule like a South American team that just didn't make it or, you know, a, a team like, like a European team that just didn't make it, maybe one of the ones that loses today, you know, yeah. maybe not a North Macedonia, but maybe like, you know, if, if uh, Wales doesn't get through or, you know, one of these teams doesn't get through, use those teams to play because I think they're the ones that give you the best mix of a team. That's not going to hold back too much, but also a team that is good and is going to give you the kind of challenge that you're going to get in the world cup. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you there. I think that we don't know enough about this U S team outside of the CONCACAF bubble and that stinks, but hopefully we get some more uh, knowledge leading into that. And, you know, Eric, I did want to pull it back for a second because you were kind of talking about some specific players uh, there with Yedlin and guys like that. What do we think of Ariola? I thought he played very well against Panama, especially for a guy that's gotten a pretty fair dose of criticism, like from, from the U.S. fan base. So I, I, I think just yeah. what do you really learn out of a match like Panama? That's my thing. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you got the you, guy going you, forward you, and scoring goals. You're, 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 so what, what's the what's – the, you're a good team when you know you beat these teams soundly. That's fair. On a regular basis. So you, you're, you're, you're supposed to go into Panama uh, – you're supposed to go into a match against Panama and beat them soundly, and you did just that. Um, so, you know, is, the, is the, the crop of players that we saw against Panama good? Yes. Against, against the weaker teams, they took care of business. Um, now it's it's about elevating it above that. No, I I but I look at this team and I'm like this team is is fundamentally fundamentally fine. Um, but I just we haven't seen them truly truly tested, and that's my only yeah, that's my and, only concern is that we don't know we know like seventy percent of what this team is capable of. It's the other thirty percent in the World Cup type of situation that we just don't we don't fully understand yet. I think, but I mean we've seen this team do well. It's so I guess the best the best. Uh, the best resource we do have is the matches against Mexico, the U S uh, U S matches against, sorry, the U S matches against Mexico. And the, because they've been able to handle Mexico so, so well over the last, uh, what, six matches outside of the draw or with including the draw, is it six? No, four, four straight wins. And then the draw, I think that's right. Yeah. So because they were able, they've been able to do that. That tells you that this team, this is why I'm confident in the, in this team's ability to, uh, to kind of get, uh, to 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 do well in the group stage, because they've been able to do well against a team like Mexico, who's been um, not only a guy like Tata, who's been trying to really push for. I mean, look, the the, the situation Tata's in has it, it should be enough for 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 the players, for basically the, the organization to look at itself and be like, we got to play up to a specific level. And so, knowing that they needed to play up to that specific level, the United States was still able to kind of handle them over the last five matches, four matches, five, five matches, yeah, including the draw. Um, so it, it's the team is fine. Um, it's whether they can take on the next test and kind of rise above what they've already, what they've already, you know. They, they've gotten the preliminaries out of the way. Now, can we get to the next level? Can we get, can we continue to improve? Can we continue to get up to that? I think they can. I think they've got, um, you know, the, 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 the raw material to do that. 
Um, yeah, I'm very optimistic. It's 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 there's the, the there's not a ton of evidence yet to prove that that's possible. But can they do it? I think so. Because I'm yeah, I I feel very good about the way we're headed. Because finally we're settled into. I think you spoke about it earlier, but Bear Halter's system. I mean, when he some of his first games, it didn't look at any, like everyone was on the same page. But I think we're finally there. Um, but once and we're playing. Uh, against Mexico and Panama without our strongest team. You don't have Dest. You don't have McKinney. Uh, and you don't have a fully fit uh, Reyna. So I think you throw those three healthy and fit into a system that they're going to understand. Um, I'm very optimistic about where this team's headed. Um, and I just – the other point I wanted to bring up is, from the Atlanta point of view, is I can't wait to see Miles Robinson you know, having to defend against a Brazilian front line or – you know, and, and I would really love to come out of this World Cup where teams are salivating over the chance to sign him. I, obviously, I don't want him to leave. I want him to stay here forever, but this oh, could be gone. his big shot. Yeah, he, <laughs> And I think he's going to impress. Him and Zimmerman have been an incredible pairing. I've been and I very, think they're going to start every match. Uh, I've been very impressed with Zimmerman. I, I did not yep. really – Same. I didn't value him all that highly, but ever since – watching him lately, I'm like, man, especially with the U.S. men's national team, He's really impressed me with, especially with how that back line has kind of coordinated themselves and how they've uh, communicated, how they've worked off of each other. It, it's 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 good to see. Um, he and Robinson have a tremendous rapport yeah, back there together. Absolutely. I mean, they they play yeah. so well off of each other, and it, it really has given the U.S. maybe their strongest area of the field, like center of defense. I think you can argue is the most solid area on this team right now. And that's really good, especially when you get into playing uh, European teams that like to, you know, like to put in a lot of crosses, like to, you know, move on the flanks a lot and, and cut back into the inside. So you need to be very solid in the center of defense. And I think that the United States is very well set up to do that with, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and not too long guys ago. Guys that are was... playing really good soccer right now. It was Aaron Long and uh, John Brooks were the heir apparents, and now, now, now we have a different pairing, and I think they're I, I, much more solid. My hope is that the, the and the reason that I want this team to play, you know, a couple of matches against strong, strong opponents, is because I don't want them to going into the World Cup and getting kind of overwhelmed by the stage, or playing yeah. scared when something goes wrong, or you know, I want them playing the same way they played in Concacaf against Mexico, flying up the field. Um, you know, trying stuff, you know, being creative. Um, I don't want them to get caught up in the moment. I don't want them to, you know, feel like they're, they're in any way, not ready for that moment. Cause I feel like that, I feel like they are this World Cup qualify again. I've been, this is the most confident I've been uh, about a U.S. men's national team. And, uh, and, and so I think that they're ready to take on the next challenge. It's just a matter of, you know, because they're young players, you always get, you always have that nervousness about, you know, can they handle it at that next stage? I think that's going to be the, all the talk leading up into it is like, can they handle, you know, the group stage, whoever they play, can they handle, you know, the, the round of 16 and so on and so forth. Um, you know, it, it, I will say to your point, I, I think having a team with the Pulisics and the Reynas and the McKinney's, you know, this is different from a lot of previous teams. These I agree. Guys have played 100%. In Champions 100%. League, right. Yep. They, and they're used to they're used to those big moments. They're used to you know the the crowds. They're used to the environment. They're used to the to the to the you know the the pressure of the, the media. They, there you go. Yeah. The pressure, all of it. Um, so I, I it's not that I doubt they can't that they can't do it. It's just I you know we're yet to see this group of players True. collectively do it as a as a unit for the U.S. men's national team. 
Um, and I'm excited to see what that looks like, you know, moving into the World Cup. Um, do we want to shift over to Atlanta United? Yeah, we don't have to spend too much on it. I mean, really, the only Atlanta United, you know, related thing that's happened recently because of uh, the international break. I mean, going back to the last game, that was pretty nuts, huh? <laughs> yeah, come back there against Montreal. That was the wildest a, game ever. I mean, that was a game where it looked very bad and then not so bad. Well, I mean, it still looked bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was the it, best it, possible result for the bad day. Uh, United got a little lucky to say the least. To come Almada's goal. A little. I mean, Almada's goal. <laughs> no, no. Like, that's how, I'm not, that's how you introduce sure. yourself to a new fan base right there. You you want to get people on your side real quick? Because, look, we're not a <laughs> podcast that shies away from difficult topics. Obviously, there is a section of this fan base that might not be too happy with the signing of Almada based on uh, past transgressions. But with a new opportunity and a, and a chance to kind of reinvent and start his career, uh, a, a new, a fresh, whatever you want to call it, that is the way you introduce yourself to new fans. That was a hell of a goal, just a tremendous effort. And then for uh, Lennon to, to get that uh, very Mikey Amber, or not, excuse me, not Mikey Ambrose, Kevin Kratz uh, style uh, goal there off the free kick, which probably should have been dealt with better by the goalie, but I'm yeah. not going to. <laughs> I think, I think, no, no, not only by I'm the, not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on it. I'm just not, saying. Not only by the keeper, but by the wall. I forget. I don't know yeah. who it was. On the the last guy. He actually moved. I think he was trying to extend the wall, but he actually moved out of the way of the path of the ball, which I think threw the goalkeeper off. Uh, and then that's what caused the late reaction. And then, of course, obviously the goal. Uh, so I'm not expecting Brooks Lennon <laughs> to be able to replicate no. that exact type of free kick in the future. But um, yeah, he Almada's, got some help is what Al, you're saying. Al, Al, yeah, exactly. Almada's goal. And it was still a great moment. Like whatever. It, it oh, went yeah. in. Like, you, you made you made uh, you got the shot on frame. And that's really all you can ask for at, this, at that point that late in the game, just get the shot on frame, give yourself a chance for maybe like a rebound. And turns out you didn't even need the rebound. He just, just goes in. <laughs> uh, Eric, were but, you there? Did you go to this one? Uh, I wasn't able to go. No, I didn't go. I wasn't okay. able to go. I was going to see what the uh, reaction in the press box well, was. No, I, I, well, yeah, I don't know the reaction to the press box, but it, it was clear that after the match that it was like, I mean, great that we got a point out of it, but this is not, this is Lots not to a work match. on. Yeah. This is yeah. not a good match. Uh, it was fun for the fans. It was fun for me watching where I was watching, but uh, you know, you're, you're excited in the moment where you realize, okay, we're going to steal something away from Montreal uh, out of this game. But at the same time, then, you know, five minutes later, you're, you're reflecting on the game as a whole. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this was, this was, a this was a, it was the most chaotic match I can remember. Cause I, we started out and I remember, I remember I saw a tweet from Felipe. that says, Montreal is just not very good. Something yeah. like that. And yes. it was what we were all thinking because we were just dominating possession. Just damn you, chances. Felipe. You know, he he totally jinxed it. Blame him for this. But you know, we were playing great the beginning of the uh, first half, and then we just fell apart. Uh, hey, you know what? You know what? You know what? I, you know what I think it was truly. I think it was that first goal confidence, that early first goal confidence that you get, thinking, "All right, we scored in the first yeah. five minutes. You know, it's all going uphill." And then all of a sudden, you you make a boo boo make a few boo-boos and it's three, one in the first half, you know, it's. I, I can see that. It, we, I think we, we, we were a little a, overconfident. We don't, we don't sure. need to like really delve into the details too much because it, it's, it's already been a week and a half or whatever. Yeah. But um, more, I think that the, the better conversation to have is how do we feel about Atlanta United over the last, over the first four games to start the season? I'll say this. 
just kind of taking it back specifically to that game for a minute. Joseph's goal, that's what you want to see. Yeah. That, that was is what you want from game. Joseph Martinez. Like that is exactly what we got used to seeing 2017, 2018. Just that quick pounce ability that, that just getting on a ball and going like that's Joseph Martinez. That's what we need to see. So from that perspective, I feel really good about the Montreal match uh, and the fact that they got the point. But other than that, yeah, Eric, Eric spot on. <laughs> I look, I I'm, I'm happy for that Joseph goal. It gives me a, a lot of, especially the power he put behind it. I, the, the, the confidence he has I initially when I, when he kicked it and I realized how far he was and how hard he hit it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going over the goal. And I think it, it bangs the crossbar and goes in. Uh, but the, the, the reason that goal works is because of the pressure from Tyler Wolf. Um, yes. I forget who else. Great stuff from a, him. Applies yeah. the pressure. Uh, it might be Gutman. I'm, I could be wrong about that, but it's two guys applying pressure on Montreal's back line. That pass goes essentially right to Joseph and Joseph takes advantage. The, the problem in that goal, if you can call it a problem, is that I don't see a, enough of that um, type of pressure. Uh, yeah, that sets up Joseph specifically. Notice how Joseph gets the ball. He's wide open in space. He's not having to, you know, mess around with defenders and he's able to go straight to goal. We, Joseph being put in more of those positions is, is, is a mass, obviously is a massive, I feel like it's obvious, uh, a massive help to Atlanta United moving forward because he, that's where Joseph thrives. That's where any striker thrives. Um, it's the fact that you haven't been able to get in this position that really worries me because he, it wasn't, I'm trying to think, did he have more moments? It's been so long that I, I had to rewatch the match, but um, did he have more moments in that game? Not that I, I, I can't, I can't remember like solid moments like that where obviously you've got the, the goal from, from, uh, from Almada and then, and then from Lennon, but I'm trying to think, I, I don't remember. I mean, I, there was a lot. All I remember is the, the press. Cause you mentioned the press. It was rocking the first 15 minutes and you, and you're right. The pressure from Tyler Wolf, Joseph gave it up to him afterwards, like great job with the pressure, but then we just stopped pressing and, and Montreal was able to play out of the back. And, you know, I do worry that without that press um, going full tilt, uh, are we going to be able to create enough chances? And, and maybe we don't want to count on Almada having a, a worldie every time to bail us out. Uh, so I'm a little pessimistic about our consistency. I think when we're playing well, like we were at the beginning of the Montreal match, I'm feeling good. But then we have just f fallen asleep and stopped, uh, stopped the pressure and, and stopped playing well out of the back it, late in these first halves. And I don't, I don't get why. Maybe it's they're far away from the coach instructions. But um, all right, so we just got cut off, but we're back. Uh, Sam, you just came across a story. So forget you, Payson, whatever you were talking about. Sam, you just it, doesn't, came, it doesn't matter. You, you just came across a story that's very interesting. Go. Yeah, this will be how we wrap the podcast today. So by the time you listen to this podcast, this game will already have been played and be over, most likely. But Portugal and North Macedonia play for one of the last spots of the World Cup from UEFA. And the North Macedonian Prime Minister has reportedly offered each of the players 500,000 euros each Damn. if they beat portugal Get that's it. a bonus right there Get it. yeah oh Get my it. god like that's Get more it. than a lot of these like coach bonuses that you get for like making it to a final four or whatever like in any sort of like you know context of a, an Get extra it. bonus 
500,000 euros each if they beat Portugal. Asalasau might be in trouble, man. Cristiano Ronaldo might be uh, having those like pouty, whiny faces after this game because, oh my God, 500,000 euros each? We're all North Macedonia fans tonight. Let's go. Go North Macedonia, (laughs) wherever you are. All right. Uh, And I'm really feeling good for that, you know, second or third goalkeeper in there going to get 500k yeah. if he, uh, oh right? <laughs> no, right now hold on these are just for like the, the players that play or is yeah, it for the I'm, entire team the, the i'm sure there's some stipulation didn't go that in depth <laughs> so I'm, yeah i'm sure that like you have to have like played in the game oh. probably to get that bonus i mean, I don't coach. Know. <laughs> I mean yeah, imagine exactly. imagine having that kind of money to where you can just shell that out you can be like yeah well all right well i'm gonna okay here's the deal well i'm you, sure that this is coming from like taxpayer dollars i mean uh, the price hope, this could be a slush fund in switzerland <laughs> wait let's hope not you really think that they're just going to pay it out of pocket they're probably taking it from like the country's coffers <laughs> i'm just saying we get mad over here about how much athletes make let's not just give money to, well whatever i you know what i'd be happy for the dude players. north Macedonia's never made the, the world cup are you kidding yeah, me like i'd be happy, happy for the players i think their, their the citizens players. would be happy to give them okay that you know what good point good point good point <laughs> um all right final thoughts uh i'll go real quick look Atlanta united two one and one uh, over the first four matches. I, I said to begin the season that the first five matches are going to kind of be extended preseason. So I think we know enough now to know this team is not exactly where we want it to be this early in the season. Um, I think the next two matches are going to tell us kind of where we've grown uh, over the last four matches. Um, next one's at DC United uh, Saturday, 7.30. And then you, you're up against Charlotte on the 10th. So we'll talk about the Charlotte or the DC one and the Charlotte one when, you know, next week. But uh, I... I my only concern, especially with what we saw against Montreal, is that they was way too dependent on individual performances. Um, so without Almada just kind of going worldly on us and without Brooks Lennon kind of pulling one out of his hat, you know, we lose that game. And, uh, and uh, honestly, we probably should lose that game. Hopefully we've learned from, uh, from, from the mistakes that we've made. And hopefully we're looking at a, a uh, you know, a better match against DC United than a continuance against, against Charlotte. So my, my hope is that, we continue to see this team improve. It looks like they have with a couple of stumbling, a couple of uh, a couple of stumbling blocks, a couple of uh, uh, speed bumps, but we have seen this team continue to improve. We're looking at, we, we, you know, this match, we saw Joseph uh, do something. We haven't really seen him do the way he used to do it in quite a while. So hopefully that continues. Um, consistency is key. So hopefully we're talking about um, a massive result here against DC United on the second. Yeah. And I'll just say this as a, as a final thought, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying this team still isn't 100 percent, and i I say that in a bunch of different ways like health wise yeah uh, they're not 100 percent in terms of the the players really meshing and gelling together as a full unit that's why like you said with the injuries with the uh players that weren't able to play for whatever reason at the beginning of the year the preseason did get extended quote unquote a little bit just because of all of that. So I would think that hopefully as this team gels a little more, every player gets comfortable playing with, with each other. And then, you know, the, the injuries kind of healing up and getting back a guy like Araujo. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think the, the best of Atlanta United for 2022 is still in front of us. And, And that's a really, you know, hopeful and good feeling to have. And my final thought is I'm going to light candles, pray, uh, make a <laughs> sacrifice for Arujo's uh, quadricept. There you um, go. I think Look, that I, is the most important thing. We were uh, – Rust out Pen- the Ouija board. Pineda seemed pretty confident that it, it, it was going to be a, 
like a month long thing, which was surprising me at first. And so it looks like maybe after this break that um, maybe not on Saturday, but maybe on maybe for the Charlotte match, maybe Aruju might be back or might at least be starting to train again. So it might not be as long of an injury as we think, but he's obviously going to be very important to get back um, specifically if for nothing else, specifically for Joseph to become the Joseph we want him to be. So I think the two go hand in hand. I think Araujo is the key for Joseph to become the 2017, 2018 Joseph that we all loved, remembered, hope to see again. Um, all right. That is for us until next time. See you later, Atlanta. Bye. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll, I gotta, I gotta work, but I'm, I'm going to try to put this out later tonight. Yeah, it's cool. fine. Just whenever you get it up, I'll get it up on. Yes, sir. All right. All right see you later. guys.